undefeated middleweight prospect Impa Kasanganai. What's going on, man? Uh, how you living? I'm doing well, Kevin. Thank you for having me on. No doubt, no doubt, man. Um, now to get you to get to know you best, I figure we need to go back to the to the first fight, your first fight, senior yeah. year of college. Uh, take us back, yeah. man, and and give us a feeling of what it felt like to get into that cage for the first time. Man, it's the best feeling ever. First fight, senior year of college. Um, finished my football season. Finished playing uh, senior year uh, football. You know, we had a pretty bad season. And then I was training MMA that summer to get better at football. And my goal was to play in the professional football league and national football league. Um, I started training, but I would go after practice. And especially at the end of the season, in the last few weeks, you know, the season ended pretty early because we didn't make the playoffs. And I started training. So about three weeks or three to four weeks before my amateur debut, uh, they said, hey, doing a fight. That's when I pretty much started training. And I was like, yeah, sure. And, you know, um, I think, let's see. I was here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live, and it was awesome. And I had a bunch of people from my college turn out, a bunch of my teammates I played football with, people locally. It was a lot of fun. Um, one of my teammates now, who just joined the gym not too long ago, he ended up cornering me in my first fight. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, when the first round, I was like, okay, let's stay calm. Let's go. Let's listen to what my coaches said. And then I took off and started punching right away and then won the fight in like, like a minute and a half. So... I was pretty happy about that. Did you have any like training growing up? Were Were you doing you know the normal kung fu or taekwondo or anything like that? No, I never grew up. I never did any sports or martial arts. Like back home, my parents were being from Congo, in Central Africa, uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo. Um, they never really wanted us playing sports or anything like that. So I didn't start playing football until my senior year of high school, and then I started fighting my senior year of college, my last semester, and that's when I had my pro, my amateur debut. But no, no training, no boxing, wrestling, nothing like that. So um, everything was brand new for me. Were you with Jimmo from the start? No, uh, Jimmo was my second amateur fight. I pretty much started my career still with them. You know, everything I've learned from this point on, is, from that point on, has been Jimmo. Uh, I was at a gym called Myrmidon. Um, the gym is no longer around, and it was closer to my college, closer to my university. So I would go there. It was a town called Statesville, about an hour or about 45 minutes away from my gym. From my, from my campus, but then right after my second, my first pro, first amateur fight, I ended up going to Jimmo. So that's where I've been. How did you end up there? Who did you know somebody there, or is it just something that you no, heard about? Kinda, yeah. So uh, I, I, the guy who was courting my first fight he said, "Man, if you want to take this seriously, you need to go find a place called Jimmo." And then a man named Brandon Brillhart, um, he's a Bellator cut man. He was actually doing the cuts for my first amateur fight. And the coolest story about that was he recognized me because of my fight song. My walkout song is called Call Upon the Lord. It's from my church. Mm-hmm. And here in Charlotte, North Carolina, called Elevation Church. And he was like, man, what campus do you go to? And I'm getting ready for my fight. And I had way in. So I'm kind of like out of it, just ready to go eat and rehydrate. And he says, talk to me after the fight. And I'm like, okay. And then my fight went really well. And I saw a video of us actually talking to each other. And he said, you want to take this seriously? You need to go find Jimmo in Gastonia, North Carolina. So I was like, all right, two people said it. And I felt it was really cool confirmation because he recognized me because of my worship song, the song that I walk, to, walk out to for my church. So it meant a lot to me. And then ever since then, it's been Jimmo ever since. Other than Jimmo, do you have any other locations that you frequent for training? No, sir, not frequent. Um, uh, last year, I went out to the MMA lab to help Jared Cannonier get ready for a fight. But other than that, I've only been at Jimmo, and I, I love it. Um, the training partners, you know, I, I've talked to many guys that, 
go to gym for training camps like uh, you know uh, um john salter uh selecki oh, wow. joe selecki and uh mm -hmm. and uh uh Holtz holtzman scott holtzman i scott feel holtzman. like i've yeah they've all mentioned Jimmo as a place that they frequent i've i think mm -hmm. brian barbarina also he's out there too yes so yeah we have brian barbarina scott holtzman john salter selecki chris honeycutt is the main guys who are you know in the high level of may right now so we've had a few guys yeah um, and some other fighters pass through when they're in town so they're pretty cool so you've been you've been training with those guys all along, just in the, in the room, just grinding away, right? And getting beat up by those guys. <laughs> um, yeah, what's it called? Salter and sorry, um, Brian and Hot Sauce um, Holtzman. They were the first few the first two guys that we started getting to know and started training with because um, Scott came back for a camp and then Brian came in a little bit after before he fought. Ellenberger's brother, I think it was not Jake Ellenberger, maybe he fought Jake Ellenberger for that fight. And then Salter came in just around Brian's fight, and Selecki was coming with Salter too, because they trained out in Wilmington together, and there's been some awesome guys. So, yeah, we're all really close training partners, all one team, and we're always together. So, I love those guys. Did you have many reality checks with those guys, you know, in the beginning, where you're just like, oh, man, <laughs> sure. this is, uh, it's not as easy as it looks, as it looks yeah. sometimes. Definitely. I mean, those guys, man, they've helped push me, mold me, guided me since the day they've walked in the room. But they're never really, none of them, none of them are jerks. You know, they, they never came in there trying to, like, you know, flaunt that they're in the UFC or Bellator. They were always willing to help them learn. And you know, I, I got a, the privilege to be their training partner to help them get ready for a fight. So it's never, uh, we do have fun. We do go back and forth, but it's never been like they try to check me or anything. Um, Scott got me before. Scott got, got me good. But, um, uh, it was never it was, it was really on me so we we've all like grown together and especially this past year has been really really special with scott's two wins you know back to back with jim miller in the fight in the uh, jersey brian's knockout win fight of the year salter's main event win selecki's ufc debut and contender series win and my contender series win like we've all been there for each other working together honeycuts uh when he beat slamenko so like We've all been there, you know, helping each other get better. So it's been a lot of fun. Who who can you point to as some of the people that have been mentoring you in the gym? In the gym, definitely, um, man, definitely hot sauce. Brian, Brian Barberina and um, Scott Holtzman and, and, um, and Salter. You know, those guys, you know, they've been in the game for a while, but they're so willing to help. You know, Scott's a true, true professional in the way he's on the front end process. Like everything he does from nutrition to recovery – to the little movements he does before fights, every little, everything that he does, he's preparing himself to be on top, be the best, you know, claim victory. Brian, he's like a big brother to me, you know, big family man. He has a farm, and I want to farm one day. So we just, we connected a lot. You know, always talking to him, always singing. And I visit his family a couple times now on the farm, so we've all been pretty tight, you know, growing together. Um, Sal Salter's helped me come down for, you know, I come down to his gym, he's come up to ours. He comes up to ours almost every week. So, like, anytime I had a question, they really, really helped me out. But those three guys, you know, Scott, Brian, and Salter, like, they're just, like, open books who have been guiding me along the way for sure. Outside the gym, though, you know, there's there's got to be people out there that have been supporting you since day one that are not oh, fighters, that are not yeah. coaches. Who are these people? Man, well, yeah, definitely. Shout out to my coach, too, because he's been amazing. But outside of the gym, man, my parents, my, my dad, my dad's my hero. You know, he's just a super hardworking man and always keeps it real with me. And then my mentor here, actually, I'm at his gym. 
the Blu-ray Athletic Club here in Gastonia, North Carolina. He's, his name is Jonathan Logan. He owns this place and a fitness professional, but also just like a, a, my uncle, you know, just shows me a lot of love. Uh, this family is my family and we've all been growing together. And a man named uh, Benjamin Rudersel, he trains on our gym, but outside of it too, he's taught me many life lessons and, and had a lot of really heart to heart conversations. So there's definitely some great people, you know, whether it's business, whether it's how to see my career down the road, you know, thinking about a family, all those different things. They've all been there for me for that. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have that balance because I feel like a lot of fighters don't have it. They just have it in the gym, and then sometimes it's 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 almost just too much tough love, right, in the gym. Get beat up all the time. Yeah, you need something you can go cry to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta have the shoulders, man, outside the gym. Uh, now let's get into your uh, debut year, 2019. Last year, uh, six fights in eight in an eighth month mm-hmm. span which is insane to say, uh, did you learn, what did you learn about your body? You know, how far you can push your body? Did you learn that in such a short period of time? Yeah, for sure. I realized recovery is probably the most important step in the process. I have to like double it because, you know, you go from fight and you come back and then it's your teammates fight camp. You can't be selfish and then not help them prepare. So literally every single time I came back, somebody was having a fight, whether it was Salter, Brian, Scott, you know, so I realized that with my body that I needed to rest. You know, I don't think I did a good job of that in the beginning of my career. And then as my um, as my um, as my fights progressed, I realized how important it's probably to take a couple of days, a little bit lighter, and get right back into it. Um, man, it's it been a fun debut year. It was a fun debut year for sure. What else did you feel you learned that that first year as a professional? The importance to listen to my coach and my um, the guys in my corner to trust them, uh, especially my first pro fight. I was kind of like going away from the game plan, and I made that mistake as an amateur and I lost. But my first pro fight, I won my split decision against a really awesome fighter, uh, Garrett Fosdick. And I remember probably going to the second. I think I was going to the second round. Uh, Garrett took me down, and I kept wrestling him. You know, and I, I didn't grow up wrestling or anything like that, and I was winning on the feet. But I wasn't playing to my strength in the fight. I think I was just trying to do too much. And my coach always talks about when you focus on everything, you're not focusing on anything. And if I could focus on one thing at a time and break it down and slow the fights down in my mind and in my brain and listen to my coaches, you know, I'd definitely give myself permission to win and claim victory, which I think definitely paid off in my final fight of the year with uh, Kalen Hill. So um, definitely learn that. Um, also, as a fighter, how important it is to take advantage of every single opportunity. Because I look at it now with the uh, pandemic and the coronavirus and all this stuff, and nobody can fight right away except for this past week when fights restarted, that the fights that I had last year, those six fights, they benefited me now. And there's still a lot of opportunities to get fight offers, get the opportunity to have interviews with you and um, other journalists. So I realized when you're a young fighter and you have the opportunity to eat, eat as much as you can. Because you never know what's going to happen in the world. You never know what's going to happen in the fight community. You never know if you're going to get injured. So keep yourself in the best shape, keep yourself in a position to score and go attack, you know? Going back to uh, the Contender Series, you entered the fight as a pretty heavy underdog, but you came out a proven prospect, which is huge for you. you. Take me inside your head leading up to that fight. Man, I was super excited for that fight, man. man I have to shout out my team, my whole tribe. They helped me so much. They, um, every single person in the gym, came around to help me. It didn't matter whether it was sparring day, it didn't matter if it was an extra role, what do you need? It was a collective effort, and that's how we are. We're family. Like, 
to help one another get better, or to help one another get to um, claim victory, whether it's like calling Brian or Scott to give me advice. Um, they both came out. Brian, just amazing. You know, the whole, the whole process. My coach, every single person, it didn't, it didn't matter. Like people who practice jujitsu every day and don't fight, and fighters who have already had their rounds wanted to give extra work, which was which really meant a lot to me. Um, so I definitely felt prepared going into the fight. That's where my mind was. It's at peace. Uh, I didn't see the underdog uh, betting odds until I got to Vegas. And they're like, you know, you're like this much of an underdog. Well, like, oh, gee, thank you. But man, that for me was awesome because I was like, okay, now if they view me in this light, when I claim victory, it's going to give my God, my family, my tribe, all of us the you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to elevate us more because they weren't expecting that, you know? And if they expected me to crush Kalen and I did, it's like, okay. But when I really dominated the fight, claimed victory, I think it really, to me, it was like it's an opportunity to show what we are really about and put us in, and hopefully put us more on the map because, you know, everybody's done it before, those who paved the way, but there's my chance to do that too. So that's, that's how I took it. It's my opportunity to help put us on the map more and start taking over. Yeah, no doubt a, a dominant victory. But no contract. Did anything Dana White mm -hmm. say to you uh, still stick with you moving forward? Man, yeah. So it's funny because at first I was, you know, you won, but it hurt. So you're like, it never hurt so good to win a fight. You're like, wow, why does it hurt like this? But, man, when I, thought, when I think about it and I rewatched, and I actually rewatched that, that, you know, the decision a lot. Um, I think about it and I'm like, man, I, claim I received that, you know, be top five in the world one day. Um, he said possible to be a middleweight champion. I believe that I am going to be, and I know that I'm going to be. Uh, one thing he said that I'm going to get hurt by guys, which has kind of been a motivating factor to me because I don't see that happening. And it's been a way to check myself and make sure that I'm prepared. So every time I step in the cage, I'm the one, you know, giving the blows. I'm the one giving the damage rather than taking it. So it became a challenge. And I, I appreciate him, you know, because I mean, I saw the opportunity. And You've seen what he's done. So I respect him. You know, I, I haven't built a billion-dollar organization, you know, or how much the UFC is worth. But he's seen fighters. He's seen how it's gone. But it's also given me a challenge, too, and I think it just makes a better story because when I do get the middleweight title, when I do get into the UFC, they're always going to replay those videos. You know, I think it'll be something good in the long run. So it all stuck with me. But those are the main things, for sure. You are uh, considered a highly touted prospect, getting that recognition from fans, from the media, so early in your career, what goes through your mind? You know, it could get to people's heads sometimes. For sure. For sure. That's why I have a great team that beats me up and makes sure it's not in my mind too long. Um, I have a, man, I definitely, you know, my, early in my career, I've been blessed to have uh, success and, you know, praying that it continues and keep going. But I always promise myself not to leave the gym, you know, because there's so many areas I can improve in, you know, like, striking, grappling, every aspect of mixed martial arts and martial arts as a whole and being a better man, I have something I know I need to improve in. And my coach, he's he's a great man. And my dad and my mom, they've always instilled me to be humble to and I don't know I don't know how to say I've always been humble, but I think they've always they're always willing to check me. You know, they're and my teammates are too, you know, keep me in check and it's about serving one another. So I know that all my teammates have served me and helped me get to this point that I have to help them when they get ready for their fights. So I realize I'm never bigger than our tribe, you know, and that's been pretty beneficial to me as a fighter because it only makes me want to get better. And I'm not here 
to only be middleweight champion in the UFC. They were here to be the best guy in the city of Charlotte or North Carolina, the United States. It didn't, no, that doesn't matter. And all, like when it's all said and done, like we're supposed to be the best to ever do it, past, present, and future. And I went like, well, my name's on. You know, you're like Mighty Mouse. They talk about him. He's always arguably the number one. Like when it's all said and done, I want to be the best. And I know I'm, I'm like I want to be on my way there, but I know I haven't achieved it yet. So to me, yes, you celebrate the victories, you know, little by little, and you're grateful, but you celebrate with your team. But I haven't made it to where I want to, and I know I'm not as close as I'm not. I'm not super close yet. So I. I have so much work to do. So that always keeps me in check. Like, I know I have to get better. And, like, my teammates, like, Salter, Hot Sauce, Brian, like, you see how awesome they are. And Ricky and Selecki, all, all my teammates, the way they helped me improve and, I like, the mistakes that I made, Honeycutt, all these guys, I know I have to get better. So I have no room to be cocky. I have no room to, you know, think I'm better than my teammate or I deserve more than they do. You know, like, I mean, I'm going to put the work in and, go get what I believe that I earn, but man, like, none of it's in my control. So I know I have to keep getting better. I have to keep improving. There's different styles of fighting. John Jones, he describes his style as look, see, do, you know, you look, you see, you do. If you could describe yeah. your style, how would you, how would you describe it? Definitely describe my style as a blended style. I don't really care where the fight goes. I didn't know that my goal is to dominate and keep attacking. Um, whether I'm on the ground, whether I'm standing up, you know, keep moving to you know like smoke like show one thing be somewhere else show one thing be somewhere else it doesn't matter to me like you know whether it's to bang you know stay in the pocket and go or we're, we're, move, we're moving around a lot or the fight's up and down keep pushing the pace keep going and you know change my rhythms like keep dancing in there and that's like you're almost like you're playing music you know you're going with just go with the beat and the beat can change anytime and that's how I, I see my fighting style, you know, it's a blended style. It, it blends and it becomes something beautiful in the end. I don't really, my goal is to dominate, claim victory, get my hand raised, and however that may be, keep attacking. What does the future look like for you? It seems like things are opening back up a little, little by little. Do you want to rebook the LFA fight or do you want to get on that contender series later in the year? What What is the, mm -hmm. the plan for you? Man, I love to fight. So whatever opportunity avails itself and talking with my agents at the first round, Lou and all those guys, I want to be ready to go for the first opportunity, man. I'd love to fight the Contender Series this summer. Um, it looks like hopefully that's an option. Looks like that's an option. The um, yeah, LFA and then my coach and my team, they say, let's do it. Like, for me, it's like, you tell me if there's a contract somebody wants to fight, let me sign and I'm ready to go. I'll fight twice in a month. I've done it before. I'm not really a picky, choosy kind of person. Like, let me fight and do what I'm called to do. I know I'm going to get where I need to go. So um, it'd be great if they reschedule the fight, be first pro title. But at the same time, my eyes are set on the you know the great prize, you know the UFC middleweight title, UFC Hall of Fame. So I'm not going to get caught up on what I can't control. I'm only going to focus on getting better. And um, if the contender, praying the contender series is an option this summer, or if there's a short notice opportunity like tomorrow, I'm ready to go, or this weekend, or when another UFC fight before then, I'd love that opportunity too. Have you been have you been training the whole time? Because you've had your last three fights canceled. And with the, the COVID-19, oh, yeah. you know, putting major parts of the world on lockdown, what is your training situation? So during the coronavirus, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic and everything like that, I've been training from home, four or five sessions a day, sometimes more, maybe wow. three at, you know, at least. So I'm still getting after it with my team. We have uh, midday workouts and noon workouts with my team. I'm actually here at this 
gym right now. We're at Athletic Club, so I do my conditioning here in the mornings now when I'm when I'm here or get my team still working on my shadow boxing. So every day I'm training. Like great coach uh, Kerry Colat, he's the um, Navy coach at Navy wrestling coach. Let's talk about it. if your training means so much to you. This time right now is a little sacrifice. This time right now is something where you if like retraining means so much to you, what we're doing right now is a little sacrifice. Staying away from retraining partners, do what you need to do. I'm going to keep focusing on my fundamentals. I'm going to keep focusing on what I need to do. And when I step in the cage, this will benefit me. You know, that's why I believe. And then before this, I've never left the gym. You know, I never stopped training uh, since the contender series. The day I got back, I haven't left the gym. I kept training, kept training, kept training. Fights get canceled, that's fine. I'm still, part of my job is to show up and train. You know, I look at it like business. You have a meeting, you fly out to a meeting, maybe it's an accounting or a finance meeting or a meeting with the CEO, and the meeting gets canceled. You go back to work, you get right back to work. You don't say, oh, man, the meeting didn't happen, so I'm going to take two weeks off and kind of get worse. I'm going to get master my field. I'm going to get better in it. I'm going to further my education. I'm going to keep studying what I need to do. That's the, that's the approach I take because I don't. Ever, I always want to be ready for the, the short notice opportunities. Like, I haven't made it to where I want to yet, and when I get there, I know I'm going to have goals that are further than that so i want to be prepared now for then you know that's that's the only way i look at it i don't have time to say oh man i'm gonna go home and just chill for three weeks now that's that's not the fighter i am not even a week not even a few days i want to get back in there and learn and my training partners are so awesome it'd be a waste and an insult to them to not get with them and get better you know my teammate chase gamba always wants to grapple always wants to try something new matt norman he's a guy that i train with he he doesn't fight but He's always shared ideas with me. So, like, I don't want to ever miss a day. I don't ever want to miss a day. A teammate Dylan Callen, they're always sharing something with me that if I'm not in the gym that day, I could miss out on it. And I feel like that's an insult, one, to my family, to my coach, to my guy. Like, that is not how I was raised and not how I do things. You know, you show up to work every day, and when the opportunity comes, you take advantage of it. The opportunity is going to come, man. It's uh, 2020, and once this stuff is over with, uh, you're going to be back in that cage, uh Thank you so much, Impa, for the time and uh, good luck on everything. Stay safe, man, and uh, stay away from the wrong people. I guess I don't know what to say because this yeah, virus sure. is like, what, what can you know? What can you do? Uh, social distance, doing our part, man. Staying home here and working, but you know, staying away from people and doing our best, doing our best. So, thank you so much, Yon, for having me on. Uh, it means a lot, and it's an honor to be on your podcast. Hopefully, we can talk again soon.